in your corner, saving one investor at a time, working for clients, not companies, all while bullyproofing portfolios, totally committed to sharing academic truths about investing, always representing Main Street and not Wall Street. It's your Sound Money team, and this is the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. Hello and welcome to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm James Borth. And I'm Barry Parnell. And folks, we are a registered investment advisory firm. We're independent, and we have a fiduciary responsibility to do what's in your best interest. So we're going to work for you as clients, not companies. When you decide to come in by calling 513-575-9654, our sound money process will go something like this. There's no meter running. Leave your wallet, checkbook at home. We'll meet on a complimentary basis that's no cost, complimentary, as many times as necessary to fully analyze your situation to complete a personalized income plan. And for your convenience, we have multiple locations. East Side in Milford is our home office. Love to see you there. But we have remote offices in Blue Ash, Westchester, and across the river in Florence, Kentucky. And imagine this. You're going to meet one all three of the guys you make a connection with over the weeks, months, and years. And sometimes we just had a guy come in this this past week, three years he's been listening. Finally, he said, let's go in and see what these guys are all about. So you're going to meet one or all three of us. And as always, if you have a 401K, 403B, some kind of company plan, and you're no longer with their company, chances are your money shouldn't be either. We can help you very seamlessly, very easy, roll that over, tax neutral, until you start withdrawing for consumption. So the rollover is actually tax neutral into a traditional or perhaps a Roth. We're seeing more and more Roth 401k plans out there. So we can help you do that. So give us a call at 575-9654. Visit our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Shoot us over an email. We will answer every single one. Team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Call the studio right now. Share your thoughts. 513-749-5500. That's pound 550 on your AT&T wireless. James, what's going on today? Well, today we're going to talk about two different types of planning. One is financial planning. Another one is retirement planning. So we're going to point out the differences between the retirement planning and financial planning. Yes, there are some overlaps, but they are, in essence, still quite different. So making sure for what Every phase of life that you're happening to be in at the moment, whether in the accumulation phase, the preservation phase, or the distribution phase, and for some people it's the combination of preservation and distribution all at the same time. So the appropriate planning process for whatever phase that you happen to be in. And you might do both throughout your whole life. Who knows? So, yes, it is important that you do have a plan, some type of plan, and some of us are actually quite good at this ourselves at planning ahead for our future. Some of us may be not quite so good. So regardless of where you fall, it makes sense that we should do at least a little bit of financial planning in life. That's if we want to be successful maybe later on down the road, around the corner, when it comes to actually surviving through retirement, not running out of money before you're running out of life. And you do get to a point where your financial planning might need to shift a little bit as far as the focus. So during the accumulation phase, most of us are in the realm of financial planning and financial planning only, where you're looking at growth, future growth for your investments. You're not taking income, at least not current income, from your investments, at least for the most part at that time. Contributions and growth. Yes. 
So most people, and this is where we get to the transition phase, most people view retirement planning and financial planning as essentially the same thing, and they don't make any changes really to how they are invested or how they do their planning process. And that's the problem. Where they start transitioning in life between the different phases, they don't transition in the planning process. If you ask the average person, the average individual out there, what the difference between financial planning and retirement planning is, many times they'll just simply tell you that they're synonymous and the titles go hand in hand. But that's really the topic of today's show. What this is about is that that's not really the case. So we're going to clear up the misperceptions and the misunderstandings between the two topics, explain what each of them means and how you can be better prepared as you transition from one phase to another in your life. Let's talk about some uh, thought-provoking questions that you may have that's going to come up during the show today, and we'll answer for you. The first one, James just mentioned, the difference between retirement planning and financial planning. Are there other stable income sources to use in retirement other than a pension, which can one by the wayside, and Social Security? What is the sequence of returns risk? How much can sequence of returns risk affect my portfolio in retirement? We're going to go over that. Very important. Percentage-wise, how much money should I draw from my nest egg each year to allow for a comfortable retirement? It's different for everybody. It's not a standard 4% per year like uh, you hear throughout different financial magazines and radio shows. What does wealth accumulation phase of life consist of? What does the wealth preservation phase of life consist of? At what age or phase should I start changing my mindset and game plan for retirement? Are there certain types of annuities that can help me create an income stream that I cannot outlive? Of course there is. We're going to talk about that. What type of financial advisor should I search for when preparing for retirement? Well, just to follow up on a few of these, going back to where you say what stable Sources of income, that's maybe the key word there, is stable. Sometimes when you look at from your what we think of as our investment accounts, the market-based accounts, is that really a stable way of drawing income from that particular portfolio? In other words, if you want to have a guaranteed stream of income, how do you get a guaranteed stream of income from a non-guaranteed investment? Okay, And when you say percentage-wise, how much could you draw or should you draw from your nest egg? Yes, back in the day, there was, at least according to Wall Street, it was called the rule of four, that you could safely draw out 4% of your nest egg and live at least somewhat comfortably through retirement. Now, and here's where you kind of say, well, marketing-wise, what's really become of the rule of four? It's actually now, and has been for the past decade, the rule of 28 According to Wall Street, that could vary. So the same sources that said the rule of four should work for you, it's like, well, upon further review, maybe the rule of 2.8 as far as what you could or should draw from your retirement sources. And once again, the size of your nest egg is what's going to really drive this one way or the other. Because if you need a finite amount, number of dollars, in other words, to draw from retirement, say, for example, you need $40,000 from your retirement nest egg and your investment account is only $400,000. Well, 40,000 out of 400,000 is more like a 10% draw. So you tell us, if you're doing the math and you're taking out 10% a year from your nest egg, how many years is your retirement going to last as far as that source of income? Yeah, and that's the kind of things we will determine if you plan ahead 
in that scenario, you're probably going to either have to work longer or take less in retirement. But, yes, one of the most common mistakes when people first come see us, one of the most common mistakes that we see is that when people are getting ready to retire, and that's, by the way, one of the major points of when you come see us is people who are trying to figure out they're at that phase of life where they're at the doorstep of retirement, but they're not quite ready to pull that trigger, at least just not yet. So they're looking at from the aspect of, can I afford to retire, or can the collective we afford for me to retire? And that is absolutely something that we help you with, not only with doing the income planning process, but also for the the lucky individuals out there who might have a pension, and they're looking at either door number one versus door number two on the pension planning process, which is, do I take the lump sum versus do I annuitize and take the company plan? Barry, tell us more about yeah, that. Yeah, we can help you plan on that. Well, first of all, we'll calculate what kind of a- annual rate of return they're giving you. If it's very low, that might help you decide. Also, that lump sum is very attractive in that if you pass, that lump sum is going to go to your loved ones, your beneficiaries. In a pension scenario, maybe a survivor benefit will go to your spouse, but if you're both gone, it's going to go by the wayside. So control is an important factor, what percentage they're giving you, and things like that. We can help you calculate that. So the payout factor, and if you don't understand what that means, that's all the more reason for you to come see us. But the payout factor, the spousal planning options, whether there's a survivor benefit, if it's 100%, a reduced amount like 75% or 50%, all those different factors play into the decision for that particular lump sum option is are you better to take the lump sum or are you better off to simply annuitize the pension and take your payout for the rest of your life from that company. Plus, pensions can have trouble. We've yes, seen it. company risk. How how safe and how sound is that company? So there's more. There's much more. Our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Call us. We can help. But stay tuned. You're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC. The Talk Station. Opinions expressed are solely those of Brown Financial Advisors and should not be interpreted as specific advice. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified investment advisors prior to implementation. Market-based investments involve risk and past performance is no guarantee of future results. Insurance-based investments offer guarantees based upon the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. All insurance, tax, and mortgage services are offered through Brown Insurance and Tax Advisors. LLC. Brown Financial Advisors and Brown Insurance and Tax Advisors are affiliated companies and may only transact business in those states in which registered or were otherwise legally permitted. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm James Borth. And I'm Barry Parnell. And folks, we're investment advisory firm. We're registered with FINRA and SEC. We're independent and we have a fiduciary responsibility to do what's in your best interest. So we're going to work for you as clients not companies, and we have multiple locations for your convenience, Milford, Blue Ash, Westchester, and across the pond in Florence, Kentucky. As always, we can help you uh, roll over that 401K, 403B. If you're no longer with a company, it's very simple. It's tax neutral. Or if you are with the company and you're over 59 and a half, most companies will allow you to do what's called an in-service rollover. So you can take control of almost all your 401K and still continue to contribute like nothing ever happened or a portion of it, so you can uh, take control of it and invest it like you want. We can help you with that. Give us a call at 
5-4. Visit our website at brownfinancialadvisors.com. You can call the studio right now, 513-749-5500, pound 550 on the AT&T wireless. And also, if you don't catch the show, you can listen to our podcast. James, tell them how they can do that. Well, for the most part, go to our website. You can either listen to one of our shows or download, listen to the podcast at your leisure on command. You can also go to one of these platforms like Spotify or iTunes and also listen to some of our older shows as well. So once again, hopefully you're listening live, but you can also go online, 55KRC. You can go to our website, and once we've uploaded the podcast, that's when you can listen to one of our shows, whether it be today's show or one of the previous programs as well. That's how you listen to our show. All right, now getting back to our topic at hand, which is the differences between the financial planning versus retirement planning. And we touched upon this right before the break about some of the different common mistakes that we see when people first come in to see us. Another one, besides just simply not being maybe ready to pull the trigger on retirement, but another one is about how they are allocated as far as market risk in their investments. So many times when people come in and they're transitioning to retirement versus, you know, the accumulation phase where they're still working, many times they are still allocated with too much market risk. Now, too much market risk is a very subjective term. We have clients that are in their 80s, and they want to be 100% at market risk. They are fully aware what the market does as far as what the market brings, what the market takes away as far as the financial planning process is concerned versus retirement planning process concerned. They're looking at just simply the market in their mind provides the best opportunity for growth. Over time. Over time. Now, if you're in your 80s, how much time do you have versus, say, someone who's in their 50s and 60s? In that case, they're thinking about their loved ones. Right. And none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. So really, when when you say, well, what is the best way to invest your money, it depends upon the purpose of that money. So when we like to say, and, you know, this is a very common thing that we say during the planning process is, Give your money a job description, a job title. What is this bucket of money supposed to do versus what is that second bucket of money? What's it supposed to do? What is its job title? What's its description? Now, going back to the amount of market risk, here's really whether or not you are at too much market risk. If you're looking at what the market has done, you're looking at either every single day, twice or three times a day. (laughs) You shouldn't be in the market, but go ahead. Well, you should not be 100% in the market. How about <laughs> that? Sure. Or 100% at equities risk. Really, that's what we mean. When we say 100% at risk, that means you don't have any bonds. You don't have anything to cool down or to water down the risk or to mitigate the risk. You are 100% at equities risk in your portfolio all the time, which is okay for some people out there, but it's not okay for others. So if this is causing you to lose sleep or to get those stomach acids churning, then you should not be that heavily weighted in market risk. Barry, any thoughts on that? Well, balanced attack. Uh, I think uh, most most people, well, let's just say a lot of people that we see will have some equity risk because they want the returns of the market. But a balanced attack where you have some in safety, green money, some in yellow money that's professionally managed. It is risk, but it's professionally managed, hopefully by us. Or red money is sort of like a 401k or a stock-only plan. 
uh, that you might have with a, with a company like an ESOP or something. James? So the color of money. Now, when we talk about the different colors of money and you have stocks versus bonds, stocks are either red or yellow depending upon the professional management. So red is unmanaged market risk. Yellow is managed market risk. Now, bonds, what color are bonds? It's pink, not a trick question. Pink maybe, I don't know, because there is risk with bonds, but not as much. So we're, we're just simply talking about, semantically speaking here, the shade of red. It's a little bit, maybe sometimes a lot less risk than what the equities are, but nevertheless, there is still market risk in bonds. Now, whether it's unmanaged or professionally managed, that's the difference between the red versus the yellow. And there's different types of bonds out there, too, with different risks. But nevertheless, there is no guarantee about what the bond performance, the bond returns will be or what they're going to do. Now, as Barry mentioned before about balance, sometimes what is the better way to approach this, you know, the, the second way to skin the cat for this particular reference, is to replace the bonds with something else. So a good bond replacement strategy, such as, Barry? The alternative would be a, a fixed index annuity that with, with uh, downside protection, with uh, maybe half of what the market gets. So you can get some good growth, steady growth with uh, never going backwards in those down years. And based on the claims paying ability of the issuing company, as a caveat to that. Right. And the features and the benefits, sometimes also known as riders to the different types of fixed index annuities, also depends upon your individual situation. Some people either want or need an income rider. Some people either want or need a nursing home rider attached to these different types of fixed index annuities. So what is the right type of investment or the right type of insurance protection for you, for the collective view, that is what you come see us about. So going back to the financial planning versus retirement planning concept, we're not saying that you have to completely change everything, but we do want you to understand exactly where you are now, what you what your future to look like as far as your lifestyle in retirement, and how you may or may not need to make some adjustments, not only now, but also in the near future, maybe in the distant future, in hopes of a more confident future. Barry? That's right. So, you know, retirement planning is a lot different today than it was 20, 30 years ago. Back then, you really, you had to plan. It was good to plan, but it's not like the planning today. For starters, banks were paying double digits. I remember in, in the early 80s, the interest rate on my first house was about 14%, but you get CDs for double digits. You know, why, why would you buy equities if you get double digits with CDs? But that was back then, so it's a lot different today, the, the interest rate environment. The majority of workers today are retiring without a pension. A pension was almost everybody had a pension, if I recall, back in the 70s and 80s, but companies changed. And um, that was a stable source of income. And even if you do have a pension today, it might not be all that stable. So for now, most people need to be more proactive and build a game plan that will last throughout their lifetime. So we want to not only explain to you how retirement planning, what it really means, but we want to give you some examples later on on how retirement planning can go wrong if you don't plan correctly and update correctly. Because there are different phases when it comes to your financial life, accumulation, preservation, distribution, there could be some overlap, and you need to plan accordingly for these different phases. James? Well, just some numbers when we talk about the pension going the way the dodo, yeah. it's 
fewer than one in seven people retiring today have access to a pension. So percentage-wise, we're talking about something less than 14%. So the good news is it's still 14%. The bad news is you might be amongst the seven. You might be one of the six that does not have the pension. You don't have that guaranteed source of, or at least potentially guaranteed source of income that every single month is almost like a second Social Security check. So when we talk about the different reliable sources of income, the first most reliable source of income is from Social Security. Now, yes, we hear some people say, well, the Social Security program is going to be going away <laughs> sometime in the, around the year 2030. Been hearing that for years. Of course. We've been hearing that since the 1980s <laughs> that Social Security is going to be going away. I'm here to tell you today it's not going away. What's going to happen more than anything else is simply that the government will continue to raise taxes. Now, I say it that way because since the 1980s, which is to say about 36 years ago from 1983 to today, every single year since 1983, the government has raised taxes on the Social Security program. So, Barry, I know this seems like a rhetorical question, but what are the odds that in the near future this is simply going to be a trend that continues? All right. I know. Rhetorical question. It will continue. They will raise taxes. That's just simply a way of life as far as how the program is going to progress. That being said, the next hopefully reliable source of income for the 14 percent is the pension. So once again, door number one versus door number two is do you take the lump sum benefit or do you take the annuitized benefit? And, again, that's where we can help with that decision-making process. Our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Call us. We can help. But stay tuned. You're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC. The Talk Station. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm James Borth. And I'm Barry Parnell. We are a registered investment advisory firm. We're independent, and we have a fiduciary responsibility to do what's in your best interest. So we're going to work for you as clients, not companies. And when you come in to visit, it's like having a cup of coffee with a friend. Leave your, your checkbook, wallet, and purse at home or meet on a complimentary basis as many times necessary to fully analyze your situation and complete a personalized income plan. We have multiple locations for your convenience. I've even been known to maybe visit a house if you're not so mobile. But Milford, Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence, Kentucky. And imagine this, you're going to meet one or all three of the guys that you make a connection with over the weeks, months, and years. That's great, Barry or James. We're not going to push you off on somebody you never heard of, never talked to. So you get, that's important. And we can help you roll out that company plan, 403B, 401K, TSP, if you're no longer with a company, chances are your money should be with you under your control or the help of a professionally managed portfolio. We can help you do that. It's tax neutral. And even if you are still employed, we can help you do what's called an in-service rollover. You can pull out some or all of your 401K and keep it intact, keep contributing, keep getting a match, and take control of it before you retire. Give us a call at 513 Visit our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Shoot us over an email or answer every single one. Team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. You have all 20 minutes or so to call the show today at 513-749-5500. That's 
pound 550 on your AT&T wireless. Mr. Bohr. Well, one other thing that we can help you with is something called an NUA analysis. NUA stands for net unrealized appreciation. So if you happen to be where you have one of these big company buyout options, you're looking at, well, should I take the company buyout option? And if I do, what do I do with all my retirement resources? So, for example, if you're one of these that happens to have like an ESOP, well, yes, a strong amount of highly appreciated company stock in your retirement plan. And again, what is highly appreciated versus simply appreciated? So nevertheless, you might be sitting on a veritable gold mine of tax opportunity to separate the cost basis from the appreciation. That's the net unrealized appreciation in your company plan. Separate that out. Pay ordinary tax rates on the cost basis and then pay capital gains tax rates on depreciation. It is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for many people out there. It does mean it's the right decision for you, but it's something that we can help you with the analyzation process. And that's instead of, you might say, well, that's counterintuitive to pay the tax up front. No, I want to roll that into an IRA and pay over time. Well, you'll pay it maybe higher tax rates, your ordinary tax rates. sometimes much higher tax rates. The timing is crucial because this must be done prior to rolling this out into an IRA. That's why you come see us before you roll this thing out. All right, now back to our topic of today, which is the retirement planning versus financial planning. So in a nutshell, what's the difference? Well, how about this? It's the difference between people at work versus money at work. The people at work refers to financial planning, while money at work refers to retirement planning. So once again, when you're younger, at least relatively speaking, right, and still working, you usually are quite busy with your job going through life and financial planning that you're doing at that point, I'd say essentially is working and building up your nest egg. In other words, for your future. Now, when you retire, you no longer have that job, no longer have that renewable income from that job. You now need that nest egg that you've built to quote unquote work for you, or in other words, provide you with income. So now, Barry, let's explain the two different types of planning in more detail. All right, let's start with retirement planning. And this is designed to focus in detail on expenses after that paycheck stops. That could be dramatic. And how your various assets can generate an income stream that will cover those costs for the rest of your life. That's our specialty, income planning. In other words, income planning in retirement is very, very important. Now, while you're working You have income coming in from your job, so this isn't really something you maybe, I'd rather say instead of concerned about, think about, you should be concerned about it. But when you retire, you now have to figure out how to a a way to create an income stream that will last throughout your lifetime. And not only this, but, you know, a lot of people will focus on legacy planning and health care planning and the potential of long-term expenses. So... You know, legacy planning is situational. Some people, a lot of people, more than you might think, will say what they get is what they get. We want to live a nice quality life. But retirement in later stages of life, when you pass away, you want your assets to be passed away in the most, well, most of us, in the most tax-efficient manner. And by the way, we have a tax department. We can help you with that. We help our clients with taxes. Also, when you, you're retired, you plan for health care and potential long-term care expenses. We all know how expensive these can be in retirement, so you want to have that as part of your overall retirement plan. 
You know, when we talk about the different types of health care planning, think of this as the Medicare decision tree of what type of Medicare plan should I have or should we have? And the first thing that we say to people is do not rely just on original Medicare. Original Medicare is the traditional 80-20 plan of insurance where the insurance pays 80%, you pay 20%, and there's an uncapped amount of what that 20% basically could be. So major medical procedure at the hospital, that could be upwards of ten dollars to $100,000 depending upon what you had done. That's the point of relying on a true Medicare insurance plan such as either a Medicare supplement or a Medicare Advantage plan. Not only Medicare Advantage for your medical, but also for the prescription drug planning as well. And we can help you with that. So no matter if you're looking at getting Medicare Advantage or Medicare Supplement, sometimes you have a preference of one versus a preference for the other. You know, there's many pros and cons of both types of plans. So either way, you're going to get really good or maybe excellent insurance for your situation, for your individual needs. That's if you get either Medicare Supplement or Medicare Advantage. However, if you get neither, if you just have original Medicare, you have a major gap in what could potentially be your health care expenses. Now, the second part about the long-term care. Once you've made it to retirement, so let's just say that you are now age 65, and you look at what are the odds of either one or both of you, if you're married, what's the odds of one or both of you going into a nursing home or needing long-term care at some point in your lives? Well, guess what? The odds are pretty darn good. We're talking about 50%, over 50%. It's basically a coin flip that says, honey, you're going to a nursing home. Or guess what, honey? I'm going to a nursing home. Or in some cases, you both got tails, you lost, and you're both going to a nursing home. What's the cost of that? What's the potential projected cost of that? In today's dollars alone, we're looking at one year of a skilled nursing home stay to be upwards of $100,000, depending upon, of course, the nursing home, depending upon who's paying for that nursing home. But if you're privately paying dollar for dollar for a nursing home stay, it can be somewhere between 80000 all the way up to 120000 for one year of that. Now, if you look at what's the likelihood of if you're a guy, how long are you likely to stay in a nursing home? Versus the ladies who tend to linger when it comes to the nursing home stay, the average length of stay for the ladies is about 2.5 years. What so is it for guys? It's about 1.5 years. It's still a long time, relatively speaking. It could wipe you out. But almost cut in half when you look at the guys versus the gals, how long each of them typically stays in a nursing home. So we're looking at, for the men, an average cost of $150,000. For the women, $250,000. So you could be having a $400,000 hole put into your retirement planning by not properly addressing the risk of a long-term care yeah, I will stay. say this. So once they spend down almost all your assets, so you're going on Medicaid. Ah, now Medicaid. Now we're talking about financially destitute. <laughs> Someone has to be financially destitute to qualify for Medicaid. That's not a great solution for many people out there, okay? We can help you with that planning process. Again, our phone number, 513-575-9654. Call us. We can help. But stay tuned. We'll finish up on our topic of the day, retirement planning versus financial planning. You're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC. The talk station.
Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm James Borth. And I'm Barry Parnell. We are a registered investment advisory firm. We're independent folks, and we have a fiduciary responsibility to do what's in your best interest. So uh, we're going to work for you as clients, not companies. When you schedule a visit, 513-575-9654. And it's very simple. It's, it's like having a cup of coffee with a friend. It's completely complimentary no matter how many times we have to visit you to come up with your personalized income plan uh, that's going to uh, show you what cash flow is going to look like in the future and cover all the different aspects of retirement, Social Security planning, legacy planning, income planning, the whole gambit. And we have multiple locations for your uh, consideration, Milford, Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence, Kentucky. And uh, you can roll out that 401k, 403b, some kind of company plan into a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA. It's tax neutral. We can help you with that. We do it almost every single week for folks. Give us a call at 513-575-9654. Visit our website at brownfinancialadvisors.com. You deserve an email, team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Now, we're going to shoot right into one important phase of retirement, of course, is transitioning from wealth accumulation to wealth preservation. Now, as we all know, priorities often change as time passes, especially when transitioning to retirement from those uh, working years. Unfortunately, though, we often see people planning very similar once they reach retirement and how they were while they were working. Well, it's different. Things change. Here's why it's important to transition your approach from wealth accumulation to wealth preservation. Now, wealth accumulation. When you start working, let's say in your early 20s, your goal is to accumulate, or it should be to accumulate. As you reach your 30s and 40s or even 50s, you are likely investing and saving to grow your nest egg as large as possible so you can retire comfortably and sooner, perhaps. During the wealth accumulation phase, you have two things on your side. Number one, you have time. You have time when you're younger. And if the stock market goes down, it won't affect you as much because we've seen over time that it will come back. So you can, you can actually absorb those losses because you have time on your side. And number two, what should be obvious is that you still have a job. You still have that income. You still have the earning capabilities. So creating an income stream really is not something that you should be overly focused about, at least at that point in time. So one of the key mindsets in the accumulation phase is simply to have growth of your money. Now, numerous studies have shown also that the stock market is indeed a way and historically has outperformed over the long run the fixed rate investments and savings accounts. So if you look at any one year as a snapshot in time, this could be different. But again, over the long run, the market has been a way to go. So for this reason, it generally is acceptable to invest at least a majority of your money in stock market risk. That means in equities portion of market risk. Now, however, as you transition to retirement or into the wealth preservation phase, the investing method may, just may, need to change. That's right. Now, let's talk about wealth preservation. The wealth preservation phase of life typically starts somewhere around, say, say 60. It could vary, of course, And when when we see retirement in our near future. Now, this age obviously is different for some. Uh, and their particular situation. But generally, it starts when you're a couple years away from retirement. During this phase, you no longer have the two things on your side you did during the wealth accumulation phase. Number one, 
you no longer have that time on your side because you're getting close to retirement. So if you have your money invested in the stock market and it takes 30 or 40% drop, like a 08, it's much bigger impact on your nest egg than if you were 30 years old. So, and number two, you no longer have the same earning capabilities in general, not always, on your side that you did while you were working. Instead, you may be on more of a fixed income, so you may not uh, be as readily available to you like it was during the wealth accumulation phase. So in general, when we look at the different, uh, what we say, the mindset, the key mindset is during the wealth preservation phase is protection. So when you're retired, most people cannot afford to lose a large amount of their nest egg. Another key mindset in this phase is income. So this is why the income planning part is so important. So, yes, when you look at the different types of planning processes that we do or that we help people with, not only is it the investment planning but a major component of the retirement planning process is the income planning. Many people today, you know, some are fortunate, but others are not, to receive not only the Social Security, but also pensions. And that's in the category of the reliable guaranteed income sources. But And this is where we look at Social Security, because Social Security is designed to be a supplemental form of income, not your entire source or sources of income. And a major problem that we see today is people retiring and having their money invested, again, similar to how it was when they were working. Now, that's fine and well if that's how your tolerance is for risk. But for many people out there, that's not their tolerance for risk, and they're misallocated on their investments. Another challenge that we see is attempting to have a portfolio design for, and this is like saying, how can I please two masters at the same time? A portfolio designed for future growth yet simultaneously being used for current income. It's almost like tying two horses' tail together and slapping them and say, hey, let's see where this goes. So it can be okay, but there can also be some unwanted outcomes in this. Barry? Yeah, think about, think about all the things in retirement and that we help you with that a lot of advisor firms do not. Social Security, maximization, income planning, tax. We help our clients with tax planning. Uh, legacy planning, Medicare planning, pension lump sum, calculation planning, investment planning, all these planning aspects we can help you with. That's why we call ourselves holistic retirement planning. Now, we talked early on the impact of sequence of returns, sequence of returns. James, you want to tackle that? Well, the sequence risk, this is like saying, and we're going to use a hypothetical example here, where we start off with two different investments, Investment A, investment B, and both of them start with a nest egg of $500,000. And over the next 20 years, both of them are going to earn a 10.4% average rate of return. Now, in the first scenario we're going to give, you're not taking any income whatsoever. Both of these accounts, investment A and investment B, are simply used for future growth. Well, guess what? At the end of 20 years, it does not matter what the sequence of returns happens to be years 1 through 20 versus 20 through 1, both of these nest eggs wind up with $2.57 million at the end of 20 years. But once again, we're not taking income, at least not currently, from these different investments. Now, the second one, the second scenario is the same starting point, 500000 10.4% average rate of return, same underlying investments, just like in the first scenario. Now, in this case, we're taking income. So in this case, the taking income is what's going to really 
dramatically have an impact when it comes to the sequence risk or the sequence of returns risk. So in this particular scenario, we're only, I say only, taking $25,000 out in year number one, and then year after year for that amount of income, we're simply adjusting it upwards to 3% rate of inflation. So 25,000 year number one, plus 3% for inflation year number two, and et cetera, et cetera, all the way through year number 20. So in this case, years one through 20, we simply take the sequence of returns and reverse them 20 through one. And in the first case, in investment A or letter A, we wound up with an ending amount after 20 years of 1.49 million, right at 1.5. So yes, we started with 500,000, we ended with 1.5 million after 20 years, and we were taking income from this account. In the second investment, we simply reversed the sequence of returns. Flip-flopped them. Flip-flopped them. Who knows what the future is going to hold, right? But in the second investment, we actually run out of money in year number 19. So Oops. not only did we not have the $1.5 million, we had zero by year number 19. We ran out of money before we ran out of life. So we can help with that. Our phone number, 513-575-9654. Call us. We can help. All right, folks. On behalf of Greg Brown, Jane Forth, myself, the Kentuckian, Barry Parnell, thanks for listening today. Have a great week. And remember this, sound money, where good things are believable, achievable, and true for you. We huddle close.